The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, July the 9th. Where has the summer gone? Uh, that's right. It got eaten by a pandemic. We are rolling through our rankings. It's defensive rankings week. We're going to hit linebackers, top 10 linebackers for Jordan, Jordan Dejani in a few minutes. Uh, but first, apparently, and I don't know why this happened. I don't know how it happened. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going to sit here and beg for your vote. Uh, we have been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Award. Uh, so we have a favor to ask from you, the listeners. And whenever we, we ask this off the top, you're always good about it. So need you to help us out here, folks. Uh, they listen and take into account fan votes when they're giving out awards. So what I'm asking for you is that if you like the Pick 6 Podcast, even if you moderately enjoy the Pick 6 Podcast and all the daily football content that we grind for you, Visit the link in the description of this podcast episode and nominate Pick Six. Okay, so we haven't been, we're trying to get nominators. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Either way, go to the People's Choice Podcast Awards. It's a very simple process, and we greatly appreciate it. Sign up. You'll see Pick Six in the drop-down menu in the sports category of the People's Choice category, of the People's Choice section. And if we get hardware, if we get hardware, I will be A, I will be insufferable. B well, we won't get raises. That ain't happening. Maybe we'll get uh, like a new microphone. I don't know. We'll get something. It'll be life will be better for us and life will be better for you. So go to the link in the description of this podcast and help us out with the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you as always for everything you do. All right. Top 10 linebackers. First, uh, how was this first time on the show? Jordan, Jordan Dejani. What's going on, buddy? First time on the show. I'm doing well, Will. Thanks for having me on. Hope you're doing well as well. It may be your last time because I don't like having people on who have better beards than me. <laughs> well, I can shave it if, if it means more airtime here. No, do not, do, don't shave. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> you don't need to shave. Uh, okay. So Sean Wagner McGuff, our deceased super friend, actually did the, uh, the top 10 linebacker awards or linebacker awards. I, I'm, my brain's broken today. Um, it's ridiculous that Sean managed to jam in a Bears reference. Like I'm surprised he didn't be like Roquan Smith. Poised for a brand new great season or something like that. Or like, like, like he could be the aria of linebackers in 2020. I, I'm shocked he didn't jam in a Game of Thrones reference on his way out the door, but he, but he did his top 10 linebackers list. You're going to join us to break down, uh, to break down the, the, the list that Sean put together. First of all, now that Sean is not on the show, 
if you had to grade Sean as a person and a coworker, what grade would you give him? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Uh, I guess I would give him a, uh, a maybe like a B minus as a person. Nice. And that's only because <laughs> that we wouldn't get along off the field. That to be said, I'm not very into mo- movies. I'm not very into music. I'm not, I wouldn't see Star Wars a hundred times. Still an incredible person, but I don't know if we'd be best friends off the field. As a coworker, I think I'd have to go with an A or an A plus. Uh, he, okay. he put in some great work. Uh, he was always there as a reference if uh, I needed it and he was always helpful. So we will miss him. May he rest in peace. All right, giving Sean a B minus as a as a human being is uh, you're not going to get you're not going to improve your standing on this podcast from here on out. Like you've already you you might be on the Mount Rushmore of guests just by dogpiling Sean like that. I appreciate it. All right, so no Luke Keekley, he would have been in the top ten. Uh, what do you think when you look at this list? Um, actually, you wait, you put together your own list. What am I talking about? Um, what was your what was the toughest omission from the guys that that you had to uh, to leave out because you did not put together a list that featured Roquan Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith is definitely somebody I would love to have on my team as, as, a, as a linebacker, but I'm not sure, especially considering with the crazy things that went on last year, that he's going to be on my top 10 entering 2020. How is he number eight on Sean's list? What is happening? How is, how is that possible? There are some rumors that he's a Bears fan, um, and if those rumors <laughs> ring true, then uh, I would believe that's exactly why he made this list. Uh, but again, Sean was kind of pointing toward the future, which I do with some of my picks as well, so I guess I can let it go. But with that being said, Roquan Smith didn't make my list. Another guy was Leighton Vander Ash, and that's because – I was kind of confused with this assignment. Are we doing middle linebackers? Are we doing off-ball linebackers? Because doesn't Leighton Vander Esch play kind of a strong side? I know he's not. His main responsibility is not rushing the passer. I get that. Right. But I, that's why I didn't have him on this list. I wanted uh, to make some room for other people. Also, the potentially life-altering neck injury that he's been dealing with for the past year. Like It's sort of flying under the radar that Leighton Vander Esch has this neck injury that, and, and no one is talking about it. Like, I don't understand why we're not spending more time being like, are we sure Leighton Vanderess is okay to play? Because a neck injury and being a, like a berserker man wolf linebacker are not a good combination. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And, and that's a great point, um, to not having him on this list. But, you know, if we take, of course, take that neck, neck injury aside, then he would be one of the top linebackers. I mean, he had an incredible rookie season. Him and Jalen Smith appear to be a dynamic duo. I'm just going to go against that and assume that he's going to have a great season. But in terms of speaking about the middle linebacker, I think I had nine middle linebackers on this list and one kind of off ball weak side linebacker. So that was kind of my criteria going into this. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, your bottom five. We'll, we'll break those down and then hit the break and then go to the top five after that. Uh, Demario Davis, number 10, number four on Sean's list. Uh, somehow 31 years old. Really had a nice breakout 2019 season, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, Demario Davis over the past couple of years was somebody who I considered, who I thought was very underrated as a player. So when I saw Sean's list, when he was at number four, I was blown away. I thought that was almost overrating him in my opinion. So he had to make, he had to be somewhere on this list. I a hundred percent agree. I dropped him there at number 10. I mean, like you said, he had a breakout season. He was pro football focuses, highest graded linebacker in the NFL, a hundred plus combined tackles for the third straight year. I mean, the man has killed it over the past two seasons in New Orleans. But like you said, he's 31 years old. And, you know, coming up with criteria about this list, I don't know if we're heading into the future or how they did in 2019. 31 years old is a little bit older for the guys on this list. So, like I said, he makes the top 10, but he's, he's slated there at number 10. You know, it's interesting that um, to Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator in, in New Orleans, 
was the Raiders head coach along with like a billion other young people who, you know, just it didn't work out with the Raiders for whatever reason, like Lane Kiffin. I, I, I kind of wonder like when is Dennis Allen going to get another shot at a head coaching job? Because I mean, like the, the Saints have been great since he got there and it helps that you draft Marshall and Lattimore and you have a great, you know, and, um, you know, they had a great 2017 draft and, and you bring in an influx of talent, but like, He's gotten the most out of Demario Davis. Cameron Jordan's having a, a sort of a late career explosion in terms of becoming a better player. Like he's he's getting better late in his career. I mean, Dennis Allen. I know this linebacker talk, but I, I do find it interesting that Dennis Allen is not getting any head coaching buzz, despite having done the job before and now being another a defensive coordinator in excellent fashion once again. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think that he's somebody that definitely should be in consideration. But, again, I, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like the Saints defense has been absolutely elite over the past few seasons. But they're, they're not trash. Like, right, they were absolutely. trash for three. They were, like, they had Drew Brees leading the league in passing yards, and they were in seven to nine three straight years. I mean, and right. now all of a sudden they're a 13-win team, you know, 12, 13 wins, three straight years. And, and it's – I mean, I, I would tend to say that it's – in large part because the defense sort of caught up to the offense. But, yes, uh, I, I digress. That's what I do on a regular basis here on the show. Next up on this list, he said slowly to try and find his tab featuring the linebackers, Deion Jones at number uh, nine. And as uh, Debo notes, Deion Jones is at Debo on Twitter. I would presume that Debo is jealous of that. Uh, at one point in time, there was a point in like halfway through the Super Bowl where Deion Jones was about to be Super Bowl MVP and the Falcons were going to win a title and then Tom Brady happened. Yeah, exactly. The only reason he's on this list is because of his Twitter name and I was trying to give an all branch <laughs> to Debo because this is my man. first appearance on the podcast. No, no, I'm kidding. Deion Jones is someone who was not on Sean's list and should have been. Uh, um, it's ridiculous to come into the NFL and record 246 combined tackles in your first two seasons along with six interceptions. Now, I get that he got hurt in 2018, but he seemed to bounce back last year. Another triple-digit uh, tackle season, looks to be back on track. He's only 25 years old, and everyone can admit that this guy is a stud. I mean, go look at the film of him covering in the slot. Just look at how he reads plays. He's fast, and he has a high football IQ. The Atlanta Falcons are not exactly a team to write home about but Deion Jones could make them a lot better in the future only 25 years old again yeah uh even younger than that it's insane how young Tremaine Edmonds is for the Buffalo Bills they took him with a first round pick was it 2018 yeah, it was 2017 they took yeah they took uh Tredavis White 2017 2018 Tremaine Edmonds just 22 years old he just turned 22 I I would posit that that Edmonds has I don't know. Does he have, does he have a, is the ceiling number one on this list in the next three years? I mean, how, how high is his ceiling for you? I think it's literally number one on this list. And I was glad to see that Sean had him on this list because he is someone I'm extremely high on. I mean, earlier this offseason, the Bills defensive coordinator said that Edmonds is the epitome of what you would want in one of your star players and your star leaders. Uh, he led the team in combined tackles in both of his two seasons, 115 last year, got that Pro Bowl bid. He's built like an absolute monster, and he's somebody, like you said, is so young. He could captain this defense for a long time moving forward. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills just as a whole are, are somewhat underrated, right? They don't have any of the star power, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but they won a lot of games last year because of their defense. 
Tremaine Edmonds is going to be one of those players that evolves into the face of the Buffalo Bills, the face of their defense. Um, he's that athletic. He, he's shown some great strides in terms of reading plays, that high football IQ we've been talking about. Tremaine Edmonds is definitely someone who, I promise you, I'll bet you, he will definitely skyrocket up this list heading into 2021. Um, and I do think his ceiling could be as high as number one overall. Yeah, I mean, he like he's you look at what he does, and he's not – I mean, it's just a linebacker is just a different position in 2020 than it was even five years ago. And I mean, I remember when Luke Keekley came out of, and obviously he's on this list because he retired, but when he came out of Boston College, there were some people who criticized him because they're like, oh, like he can't play in the modern NFL. He's too, you know, like he's too, he's too much of a downhill tackler, blah, 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 blah. And obviously, like wildly incorrect because he ended up being excellent and it was a fantastic pick where the Panthers took it. But uh, I, I think that Edmonds, has, I don't want to say a little bit, it's not Luke Keekley. Like he's, he's like, he's like, if you took Luke Keekley, but then like bred him with a safety, you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of like his ability to, to move all over and fly all over the place, 115 tackles last year, uh, one and a half sacks, three, three and a half sacks for his career, nine passes defense, uh, a pick last year, three picks on his career, 10 tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. He had a safety. Like the dude just flies all over the place. Luke Keekley's probably a bad exact, a bad example, I guess, but I, I think, when you think about a modern linebacker, Edmonds is that sort of guy who can, who's so fast and tall and strong. Maybe even a, uh, maybe Eric Kendricks, like a lighter Eric Kendricks is a better example. Yeah, I would go with that for sure. Okay. Um, all right. Moving along. I was, I was like, is Eric Kendricks next? No, he is on this list though. We'll get to him in a minute. Levante David at number seven. I love Levante David. Sean had him number six. He is 30 years old. I think that Levante David, this is you'll get this because you're a Nashville guy. Levante David is the Jarrell Casey of linebackers. Jarrell Casey of linebackers because he's underrated, right? Is yeah, that point? yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, I, I, this is what I'm saying. He, he's not the sexiest guy on this list. You know, he's not the most flashy, but he's been incredibly consistent. I, I think since 2010, Levante David leads all linebackers in solo tackles, tackles for loss, forced fumbles, and fumbles recovered. I mean, he's just a uh, a triple digit tackle guy per season forces fumbles. Well, he's a smart player. And it's funny because I feel like only Buccaneers fans, similar to the Titans fans and Jarrell Casey Buccaneers fans are like the only ones who see him for the star that he is because not many people are watching the Buccaneers and they see how many points the, the Buccaneers defense gives up per game. Well, that's because their quarterback is turning the ball over a hundred times per game. And that defense has to be on the field for the majority of the game. So that obviously goes against the Buccaneers defense as a whole against Levon. Monte David is probably the quarterback of that defense. But if you watch the Buccaneers, you can see how talented this guy is. And, you know, we, we were talking about age and younger guys, you know, during this list. But Levante David, like you mentioned, is an older guy, but he hasn't shown any regression. And he hasn't shown any signs that he's going to regress entering 2020. So he definitely belongs at probably number seven on this list. He just bangs out quality seasons. I mean, like he has 52 quarterback hits for his career, uh, 21 forced fumbles, 14 fumble recoveries, 22 and a half sacks, and 11 interceptions. Like he just does it all and does it quietly and just doesn't get the the pop that other linebacker. Like if if he played for the Cowboys, Levante Hall David is, right? is yeah, he's like a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, I mean pretty much Hall of Famer superstar. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, next up on the list at number six. Jalen Smith did not make Sean's list. Why is he this high for you? And, uh, how did maybe Sean's, maybe Sean's just a, a dummy. 
<laughs> yeah, this is an interesting name for me. I mean, he kind of basically has exploded over the past few years. He he basically had career-high numbers all across the board last season. Plus, his backstory is awesome, too, to be able to come back from potentially a career-ending injury to develop into the star NFL talent. Yeah, and for like, for, well, for people that don't know, I mean, it was Notre Dame, Ohio State, in the Fiesta Bowl, I think. Right. Right. And I mean, he, I mean, like when he got hurt, he was a top five pick before he got hurt. And when he got hurt, it looked like, like everybody watching the game was like, that dude's not coming back from that. And to be back and playing at this high of a level after going in the second round by the Cowboys, I think there's actually a Pete Prisco tweet where he's like, really Cowboys? A little early. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people were like that. They took him kind of early and they redshirted him his first year. In the last two years, he has developed into a bona fide star. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked about Leighton Vanderesh. Those two really could be a dynamic duo. Um, but he's on this list because he's more of an inside backer, of course. And if I could say this, because I know Cowboys fans aren't exactly high on his stock right now. Hmm. Last year was nice in the stati- statistical category, but it wasn't the best in the eyes of Cowboys fans. But I'm willing to overlook that. And he's on this list because he has shown the kind of versatility where he can be used in several different roles, whether it's blitzing the quarterback, something that middle linebackers don't always do, dropping into coverage, of course, or even playing just some outside backer. Um, you know, he's somebody that I think is going to have find some success with this new coaching staff coming in. He shows that kind of versatility where you can line him up on different sides of the field. I think he will bounce back in 2020, and that's why I have him at number six on my list. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because I think if you think if you you know if you look back on like Mike Nolan's history as a defensive coordinator as a head coach, typically speaking, linebackers have a pretty good track record. Now. It's easy when you're like, oh, here's Patrick Willis. Like, you know, if you have Patrick Willis, like it's a little bit easier to have good linebackers. But I think largely speaking that Mike Nolan's had good success with linebackers. I'd forgotten, by the way, that Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator for Mike Nolan's 49ers before he took the Packers job. So that's where that connection comes in. If people were wondering about that, we haven't talked about the Cowboys enough this offseason. I'm sure we'll talk about them some more, but we will not be talking about them after the break because they've made it. on the list. Who is on the list? We'll find out in a second. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, so at number five. Now, this is an interesting one. You and Sean nailed this one exactly. You guys both had C.J. Mosley at number five. I mean, it has to be a projection, right? Because Mosley, frankly, has been a massive free agent bust since he left the Baltimore Ravens, where he was one of the best middle linebackers in football, or one of the best linebackers in football, and now all of a sudden he just can't get on the field for the Jets. Yeah, this is a really interesting name for me, and I really struggled where to play, place him on this list. At one point, I had him in the top four. At one point, I had him at number 10. I landed at five, and, you know, I've always been such a big fan of Mosley, and honestly, I was excited when he signed with the Jets last offseason. I mean, with him, and then it was going to be Quinn and Williams, Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. At the time, I thought Anthony Barr was coming to New York. I thought this team was going to surprise some people in 2019, but of course, they fell flat, and injuries held Mosley to just two games played, and it's crazy because over the past five years, he's only missed three regular season games, I believe. So in, in my mind, I struggled with this position because I'm sort of at a crossroads here, right? In my opinion, the Jets have a very tough schedule. But so if CJ is going to take a step backwards and out of the top 10, 2020 could be that season. But still, take away that 2019 campaign. Take away that label of free agent bust. He's been nothing but a star. So I'm hoping that he can pilot the Jets moving forward and show that he's still one of the elite linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a pick six last year. Um, he's capable. If he if he's healthy, if he plays 16 games, he this will look like a smart move. If he plays five games, you'll, you'll probably look like a dummy. Uh, or Sean will. You won't. People won't. You know, people will be going back to Sean's list and be like, look at this moron. Uh, number four, Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers. Sean had him at nine? Get out, bro. The, Fred Warner's a monster. He's a, a, BYU, a Mormon man, a BYU guy. Fred Warner uh, had an outstanding season. I think it was a fourth round, was he a fourth, third round pick third round. Uh, in 2018. Had a, uh, had a fantastic year last year. Yeah, you know, I like Warner a lot, and I think a lot of people would agree with this placement on the list here. Um, and some people, if you, if you think it's too high, let me explain why. He, he's playing in a loaded defense with the San Francisco 49ers, right? I mean, just look at the names along the defensive line there, and of course you got Richard Sherman at cornerback. But in two seasons, Fred Warner's already registered 242 combined tackles, 10 for a loss, three sacks, 15 passes defensed, I think four forced fumbles, and then a pick six. I mean, he turned and evolved into a legitimate star towards the end of the 2019 season. And I remember a play against the Baltimore Ravens where he batted down a Lamar Jackson pass to Hollywood Brown, who's one of the fastest players in the NFL, by the way. And I just said, whoa, this guy is exactly what you want as a prototypical middle linebacker. And he's evolving into a legitimate star for this defense. I mean, he's aggressive. He's talented in pass coverage. He's another player that like Tremaine Edmonds has recorded 100-plus combined tackles in each of his first two seasons, and he hasn't gotten that Pro Bowl bid, but I think me and Sean both agree that that will happen next season. Yeah, for sure. It's an ascending player in terms of Fred Warner. At number three, Eric Kendricks of the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned him earlier. He said he's Eric Kendricks really stands out to me because he's so tall. Like, he's... He doesn't look like – he looks like a defensive end out there playing linebacker. Uh, he came out of – did he play – oh, UCLA. That's right. Um, drafted in the 2015 NFL Draft, got his first Pro Bowl and All-Pro bid 
last year at the age of 27 in his fifth year, uh, best season by far of his career in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, me and Sean, or Sean and I agreed on our top three linebackers, but we had him placed differently. He had Kendricks at two. I have him at three. Um, you know, not a big difference there. But since he entered the league in 2015, I mean, he ranks fifth in combined tackles, second in passes defense among all linebackers. Isn't that exactly what you want in a middle linebacker? And you already brought up his size. He looks like a defensive end, athletic guy playing that position. Um, he's recorded triple-digit tackle numbers over the past five seasons. He's consistent, just overall one of the best in the business. Um, you know, if if you want him higher on this list, that's completely fine. But there are two other guys I'd like over Kendrick. Okay, including – Including, Including – oh, I thought you were setting it up for me. No, yeah, go for it, go for it. Including, Including number two, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts, the former number 36 overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft out of South Carolina State. He led the NFL with 163 combined tackles, also ranked in the top 10 among rookies and tackles for loss, sacks, all these categories in his rookie campaign, which is absolutely ridiculous. Now, in his second season in 2019, he did miss three games due to a concussion, but still recorded triple-digit tackles and earned that first Pro Bowl bid. I mean, if, if you live under a rock, you, you must you must live under a rock if you don't know who Darius Leonard is because this guy's an up and coming star in the NFL. He's somebody who can captain this Colts defense for years to come. Truly one of the better defensive players in the NFL in my mind. Yeah, so Darius Leonard, it's it's insane. So he made the he's an all pro in twenty eighteen as a rookie, but he did not make the Pro Bowl. And I I guess he he did win defensive rookie of the year, I believe. Uh, but then last year he comes back, he has five picks, seven passes defense, two forced fumbles, five sacks, 121 combined tackles, seven tackles for loss, six quarterback hits, and it was a down year. And he did that in 13 games. This guy is an absolute monster, and he didn't have his best season last year. He's only 24. Uh, has he turned 25? Yeah, he, t- he turns uh, 25 July 27th, so – Happy early birthday, Darius Leonard. I don't, I mean, like, there's the, the ceiling here for him to just be the best linebacker in football over the next five years is absolutely there. Oh yeah. He, he probably is over Tremaine Edmonds. I'm going to go back and, re, and recant that statement. He probably is going to be the number one on the list for years to come, taking over Luke Keekley's spot. And of course, who I have as number one. Yeah. Uh, that would be Bobby Wagner, obviously. Uh, by the way, what do you think the ceiling is? I've used the word ceiling 50 times in this podcast, but can the Colts defense, now that they had DeForest Buckner, presumably they're going to, the offense will be better because Rivers is there. They're going to run the ball. They'll do some play action. They have a good offensive line. Slow, you know, in terms of eating up pace. Do you think the Colts defense, can the Colts defense be the best in that division? Or is that too much to ask for them to overcome either Houston or Tennessee? I think that they could technically be the best defense in the division, but if you're asking me if that division can carry them to either a division title or a deep postseason run, I don't think so because yeah. it still goes back to Phillip Rivers for me, right? Everything hinges on that arm. Is he going to be the same player that was an all-pro, or is he going to be the player that we saw in 2019? They got great offensive weapons around him, great running backs, a great offensive line, and a great defense. Still, everything to me hinges on that quarterback position. So, yes, I would agree with you if you wanted to say the Colts will be the best defense in the AFC South, but still, that doesn't make me think that they are necessarily guaranteed to win the division. Okay, uh, so you're in Nashville. What are you? Where are you at on the Titans? Like, where, where where's your head at on this division in general? Do you think? Because I tend to think the Titans could regress a little bit, but I also think Mike Vrabel 
is under almost underrated as a head coach. And they go nine. They, as Breach points out, John Breach points out, they always, it's like they just go nine and seven. It's just what they do. Um, would you? Who would you make the favorite in that division? I would make it the Tennessee Titans, and I think that they proved themselves last season. I mean, making it to the conference championship game, and the biggest thing is they didn't lose many huge pieces. I mean, they lost Logan Ryan, which is big. They they were they uh, lost Jack Conklin, but they replaced it with their first round pick. Um, so I don't think they lost enough. I mean, they kept the two most important pieces that kept that engine running, which is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And you could argue the defense got a little better too with the addition of Vic Beasley, who hopefully a change of scenery uh, turns him into the star that he was a couple of years ago. So, you know, when you look at the Vegas over under odds, like uh, they have it at like eight and a half or something like that. I, I don't, I don't see that. I think it should at least be nine, nine and a half. They should be the favorites to win the AFC South, but still, I mean, I don't think that they're going to get back to the AFC Championships game, even though I think they could be as good as they were last year because I think the Baltimore Ravens can uh, take that step forward in the postseason, actually get to the Super Bowl. Of course, we have the Kansas City Chiefs who are the reigning Super Bowl champs, so I think the Titans could be one of the the better teams in the AFC, but there's still a couple others I'm going to pick ahead of them. So I'll take them to win the division, but I don't have them going to the AFC championship game in 2020. All right. That was your, uh, AFC South tangent brought to you by, uh, uh, B, uh, uh, what's the hot chicken? Uh, what's the hot chicken in Nashville? Uh, princes. The princes was the uh, bees. Is there a bees? Oh, Hattie bees brought to you by Hattie, Hattie bees. Brought to you by Hattie bees. There's also a place. Oh man. I went to, uh, the day after Breach's wedding, my flight was out out of Nashville at like 8 p.m. And I went to some biscuit place. What was it? It's, I'm trying to think. Was what it, it in the Gulch? Biscuit Love? Yes, Biscuit Love. Oh, my God. I had a like a brunch chicken biscuit covered in gravy. And I, I like I like had to go into a Starbucks and like curl up on a on a like a, a chair and just like take a nap for forty five minutes because I was so crippled from this delicious biscuit and the Bloody Mary I had. But man, biscuit and I waited, Jordan, I waited forty five minutes by myself in line. I don't do that. Like I'll just go and like go to Wendy's or something. Like I like I'm just not into waiting like that outside by myself. My phone's dying. It was worth it. It was that good. I was blown away by biscuit love. Yeah, I've only been there once, and I had the same exact uh, experience you did. One of my friends worked there, so she wanted to go there, and we had to wait outside for like 30 minutes, and yeah. when we got in, I think it was the best breakfast I've ever had in my entire life. I'm with you. Okay, uh, so that was your uh, AFC South National Tangent brought to you by Biscuit Love. Uh, Biscuit Love, if, you, if you're listening to this, please send me gravy. Number one on the list, an easy choice. Um, I assume, I think it was number one on Sean's list as well, A the, the best linebacker in football. It's Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. You know, I'd love to make an argument for Darius Leonard, but Wagner still owns this position of best inside backer in the NFL. I mean, what can you say about him, right? First team all pro in five of his eight seasons. He's he's played a huge role on some of the best defensive units in NFL history, recorded the second most tackles um, of his career last year, and he's at the age of 29. But but like Levante David, it's not like he's taking any steps backwards. He's exactly what you want as the quarterback of your defense, smart, high football IQ, athletic, durable, versatile. Um, so he's definitely the number one still on this list. Uh, that was Jordan's phone, by the way, for the record, <laughs> not mine. My phone, I, I, I always leave my phone on silent and it usually backfires in my face. Like, like, I like, like I'll, I'll, I'll like look down I'm like, Oh, it's like seven missed phone calls from Boston. It's like, Hey, you had a radio appearance 30 minutes ago. A hole. Like, could, could you? <laughs> Please pick up your phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry about that. Um, 
Anyway, it's, it's fine. If fans go off on this podcast, we don't care. We don't care about anything here. Wagner, since he was drafted in 2012 and he was the, uh, second overall or the second, second round pick, uh, by the Seahawks in that what has really become a legendary 2012 NFL draft, uh, they were thinking about Bruce Irvin first round, Bobby Wagner second round, and Irvin's back in, in Seattle now, of course. Uh, and then this guy named Russell Wilson in the third round. Pretty, pretty decent haul for the Seahawks there. Uh, Bobby Wagner has never had a season where he had a, uh, a pro football references approximate value, which tends to qualify the production of a season. Um, he has never had a season below 10 in terms of approximate value. That is really high for a linebacker. Has never had a season with less than 100 tackles. Or his lowest career combined total tackles, 104, uh, 19 and a half sacks for his career, 10 picks, 47 passes defended, has been a, a forced fumble machine in the last few years. He's just a beast. Would you, first of all, let's never forget that once upon a time, Tony Dungy gave Bobby Wagner an MVP vote. In 2014, Bobby Wagner only played 11 games, and Tony Dungy voted for him for MVP. It's, it's the most inexplicable vote of any award in professional sports history. No one made I, I was in the, we were in New York because it was, I think it was the Seahawks, it was Seahawks, it was Seahawks Broncos. And, um, I was in the press room covering the, the NFL honors and they, they released the, the voting. It's like Bobby Wagner got, no, we we're like, what? Bobby Wagner played 11 games. Like he can't, he didn't even play the whole season. Who voted for Bobby Wagner for MVP? And it was Tony freaking Dungy. Having said all that, uh, if Bobby Wagner walked away from football right now or pandemic ends football forever, is Bobby Wagner a Hall of Famer? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I'm not the best judge at, at judging Hall of Famers. That's, that's kind of a tough thing because it's not the best way to value somebody in terms of what they've contributed to the game of football. But in my mind, I would say Bobby Wagner is is a Hall of Famer, and that's because it just kind of goes back to him being what you want as the quarterback of your defense. I mean, he's really done it all. I remember watching games where you know he's 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 led the team in tackles, blocked a field goal, and then forced a fumble as well. He's exactly what you want, and just in your defensive star. And he's been so consistent, like we talked about. So that that's what makes up a Hall of Famer in my mind. Yeah, he has a thousand tackles since 2012. I mean, that's a that's frankly a crap ton of tackles. <laughs> um, and like, if you look at him, if you look at linebackers, I think it's, if you do approximate value, uh, since 2012, like what guys crossed the hundred, you know, the hundred marker, which means that you've been banging out big seasons after big seasons. And the only three guys at the linebacker position, and of course this includes outside linebackers because PFR, this is the, the general linebacker. So one outside linebackers included, it's Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, and Von Miller. And all three of those guys in my mind are Hall of Fame players. So I, I tend to agree with you. I think even though Wagner isn't like the, he doesn't, he, I think he passed Maybe it was this offseason. I don't know when it happened. He passed Luke Keekley as the best linebacker in football. Maybe it just took Luke Keekley retiring, but people perceive Luke Keekley, Luke Keekley completely different than they perceive Bobby Wagner. Like Bobby Wagner did not, has never gotten the love that Luke Keekley always got, even though Wagner played, and maybe it's because he's in the Legion of Boom. I don't know what it was, but I mean, Wagner's a superstar player who's played at a very high level for a very long time. Yeah, I think that's a good point in terms of the Legion of Boom, because that's really what turned heads in Seattle a couple of years ago during that Super Bowl run. I mean, they were so important, and Bobby Wagner was just kind of a level under that, even though he was equally as important. I don't know. I guess Luke Keekley. I mean, he was so – 
he was always the face of the Panthers' defense. I mean, that was the jersey you always see around in Charlotte or Carolina. Luke Kuechly was always the face uh, of the Panthers' defense. And Bobby Wagner, you probably can't always say that, but he definitely over time has evolved into it, especially over the past couple of years. So I guess that's where the difference is. All right. Uh, that is the linebacker list. Is it at Jordan Dejani on Twitter? Yes, sir. Yeah. No underscores. No underscores. I don't care for the underscore. Me neither. You got to have a unique name for that, though. Thanks, yeah. Will. Are you deeper? Are you underscore? I, I think I got to be based on the length of my last name. Why don't you do uh, at? <laughs> you jumped in there, Diva. I was like, who is that? Um, <laughs> the uh, why don't you do at Debo underscore pick six pod underscore Brinson? How much do you think it would take for Dion Jones to give up at Debo? Um. Why is he at Debo? Shouldn't James Harrison be at Debo? I think that's his Shouldn't nickname. Shouldn't you be at Debo? Right. Where did Debo pick six? I missed out in 2009 when I joined. Did you join Twitter in 2009? I think so. What? How old were you in 2009? 17. March okay. 2009, I joined. Wow. I think I joined in like 2000. Oh, no. When did I join Twitter? Okay, how can you tell? Is it on... Yeah, it's joined January 2008. Ooh. Mm, I thought it was like 2011. So Debo, I, I think what you should do, this is available at Debo CBS. What, one E in Debo? Cause that's a point of contention. Ooh. You got, you guys spell it with one, but I always write it with two E's. You do two E's? I mean, it's your name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I, um, oh, you could try to, you get at Debo with two E's. That's owned by David Martin, who joined July 2009, has one follower and protected tweets, presumably doesn't tweet much. All right. We'll work on that. Let's get this. I got to beat out Debo Samuel and James Harrison and the guy from Friday. Or you, that's right. I love the guy from Friday. Um, look at you, Debo, with a little tangent action going on here. No. According to Wikipedia, Debo, Deion James, Nick, Deion Jones nickname, it's a combination of Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson given to him by his father. Oh, nice work, Jordan. By the way, Debo, are, I mean, are you sure that if you're going to, like, you know, like there wasn't, like their E, Debo Danis was already taken, like like you needed, like, like if you're going to put, like, it, you're only making it harder for people to follow you on Twitter. You realize that. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I think it, it was taken. I used to have, like, PSU in there, and then I dropped that real quick. <laughs> um, it's like Wilson. People don't, like, people should not sleep with the fact that Ryan Wilson's Twitter handle used to be at Ryan Wilson underscore 07. Like, what are no we, way. what are you doing here? You signed up for this in, like, 2008, and that was the best handle you could get? It'd be like, if I signed up and I got R.W. Brinso. Like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good idea after all. Um, it, it looks like the no underscore might be available, so maybe I make that switch and then make my way towards Debo. I think you go Debo CBS. Both are available. Two E's and one E. I might take it now. <laughs> Debo CBS would be great. And then sell it to me. Yeah, you have to pay for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna, all right, Debo, I'm gonna need to see you delete that blackmail folder you have on me. That's the only way you're getting this Twitter handle. Um, okay, I don't know what we're doing at this point. We have this this podcast has gone off the rails. That's how it operates around here. J- Jordan Dejani at Jordan Dejani on Twitter. I think that's how we got here. Uh, awesome work on the linebacker list. Uh, great stuff on the pod. We will have you back on soon, man. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.